It's draft season as free agency starts to slow down Matt Williamson's 2022 NFL draft rankings, cornerbacks, and safeties on today's program. Who are the top DBs in this draft class coming up right now? You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you once again. We're going to end the week with defensive backs. Matt Williamson's top corners and safeties for the 2022 NFL Draft at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, especially at Williamson NFL, when you don't like where Matt is ranking some of your favorite (laughs) defensive backs in this NFL Draft. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's start with the uh, let's start with the guys out here on the outside and I find it interesting Matt because we talked about just big picture before we get into your rankings here. We talked about how small the wide receivers are getting and looking at the guys at the combine that showed up super fast, just crazy record setting speed with those wide receivers, but a lot of lightweights. And I look at your top 5 cornerbacks and I'm seeing 63190 uh, six feet, 190, 194, 194. The DB, the corners are bigger than the wide receivers. What's going on here? Yeah, odd year for that. I mean, the corners do look like they're growing, but they're still running blazing fast times. I mean, it, speed is not a problem for this corner class or really any position this year, to be honest with you. Um, a couple honorable mentions that really just pop up to me and this guy's the poster boy for what you're saying is Tariq Woolen out of Texas, um, San Antonio. He's yes. six four, around two hundred pounds, and one of the fastest guys in this draft. I mean, he has work to do as a corner, but I mean, six four. You don't see many of those guys that can run like that. Um, Zion McCullum, Sam Houston State, mm-hmm. unbelievable tester. Oh my He's gosh. A, yeah, yeah, he I went mean, crazy, crazy at the combine. Nobody's really talking about him because of some of the other faster 40 times. But yeah. when you put his entire combine together, and since he's not in your top five, yeah, I guess we could talk about some of those guys. Like, um, yeah, Woolen was a former wide receiver, too. So uh, mm-hmm. he, he was wide receiver size. They're like, well, you look more like a wide receiver. And they saw him play like, well, maybe he'll be a DB, actually. <laughs> maybe he'll catch a ball quite um, as well. But McCollum, we yeah. let's talk about that that combine performance because it's the most un- underrated combine performance this year and maybe even the most spectacular out of all of them and we saw guys you know almost breaking records you know four twos and McCollum's numbers at the combine were this and now I lost it again where did he go <laughs> Zion where is he Tariq Woolen four, I got two, right here. Six. Oh, you got him up okay cool he is six two and basically you know 200 pounds he's 199 ran a four three three almost had a 40 inch vertical um, really good shuttles and cone drills and broad jumps too. I mean, like it's yeah, so, pretty crazy. He's six two. <laughs> four three three, which is blazing fast, obviously. But yeah, at the size he is and broad jump, but how about this? So I want to highlight the three cone and the shuttle. He was sub four seconds in the shuttle. And yeah, nobody crazy. else ran the shuttle for the defensive backs. And I don't know if he went first, they saw that and they said, I don't want to run it because like four point two was good. He was 3.94 you don't see sub four second shuttles hardly ever um and his three cone anything under seven seconds is good 
he was not only under seven seconds, he was under six and a half, 6.483 cone. Both of those were absolutely ridiculous times for someone who's six foot two. So uh, yeah, ridiculous combine for Zion McCollum and really athletic. I think he'll no doubt just because of his athleticism be a really good gunner and special teamer in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. Uh, does he develop into a corner? Uh, maybe even just a super rangy safety I could see with him too. Just use that athleticism for those teams that want to run a single high safety in center field that can really go sideline to sideline. So, you know, some versatility there is he a tweener is he versatile we'll see what he ends up being they'll probably try him at corner first but I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a safety yeah very well could be and there's a lot of I always think of the Bills safeties as you know corner converts you know that can do a lot mm-hmm. for you but they have toughness and size um you you, you kind of said it real quick there you know how good his shuttle especially shuttle are for a tall guy I mean people think about it Shuttles are not tall guy drills. You got to get down and touch that line and bend and explode back out. I mean, really is. I'm glad you mentioned it because it's just a remarkable combine performance by McCollum. I'm looking through all the times, too, because I wanted to double check, but I'm pretty sure both his three cone and his shuttle were the fastest of any player, in any position. And in fact, I'm not seeing Fast anybody who is yeah. anywhere near under four seconds in. And a lot of them didn't run it to your, your original point. Right. So and the DBs didn't run and, it for you know, some reason. Yeah. It was just because it was late at night and they didn't want to do it at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> That's true. And he's like, dude, yeah. I'm going to scorch this. I'm definitely running. I got to put these numbers out there. So good for him. Um, I have one other honorable mention that I think is a really interesting prospect, too. And that's Marcus Jones from Houston. Um, smaller guy. He's a slot. But the reason I want to bring him up is he's like as good of a punt returner as you will ever see. And he also will be a gunner and things like that. So you add this guy to your team. He may take two to the house, and you know, let alone if he gets his hands on the ball on defense, and he's a good slot corner. So Marcus Jones from Houston, to me, is a really interesting player, too. If there's a dozen good wide receivers coming into the year every single season in these draft classes, is the same happening at corner, or is it just getting skewed to more talent being at wide receiver in the league? It's a good question. I mean, I, I think about that a lot. Like, what if you're one of these body types that are – six foot ish, you know, a, a taller corner. It, is it an easier path to make money on defense or offense? I think defense because there's fewer of them. Uh, yeah. Earlier on, it's just like, look, I, everyone wants to be a wide receiver. Everyone wants to be a mm-hmm. running back. You know, when you, when you show up with your first practices in um, score touchdown. Yeah. It's yeah, like, right. I want to be a running back. I want to handle the ball. I want to be a receiver. I want to be quarterback. And so if you just make it your life's mission to be the best DB you can be, and there's some crossover obviously in size and athleticism with wide receivers and defensive backs and corners, uh, you can make yourself a lot of money and there's a lot less competition for the, to, to be, you know, one of the top players at your position there. Yeah. I mean, Deion Sanders is a an outlier and a freak and maybe the best corner ever or whatever, but I bet he'd been a pretty decent wideout. Yeah, and he did play a little <laughs> yeah, bit of that. And seeing him carry did, the ball on returns, it's like, yeah, you got to get the ball in his hands because he's too freaky. But yeah, I wonder what at what point in his path he's like, okay, I'm a corner and not going to be a receiver. Because you know, when he was younger, he was getting the ball every time too. Yeah, yeah, and he was an awesome punt returner too and all these guys. But right. yeah, I, I do think there's just less competition. If you're a youngster and you're torn, do I want to catch a lot of touchdowns or shut teams down? I think going defense is smarter if you don't mind tackling people. Yeah, if you got that physicality, you got that mindset. Who is your number five corner in this draft class, Matt? And has that changed since you first put this list together? I was torn at the time between Kahir Elam from Florida and Kyler Gordon from Washington. I picked Gordon, and since I've been thinking about it more and more, 
I think Elam's the better prospect. I think he's further along as a coverage player. Um, people might remember his brother got drafted in the first round by the Ravens. I mean, he's well over 6'1". He's a little more prototypical outside press man corner type. So I went with Elam at number five. Yeah, I like Kyrie Elam a lot. He ran a 4'3'9 at the combine, didn't do anything else there. Uh, I'm not sure about Florida's pro day numbers, but man, the, yeah, the height, weight, speed, and good tape as well. So uh, I, he's a player that could go actually maybe higher than people expect. So I think you got it right in the end. I, I would probably put Elam ahead of Kyler Gordon as well. But while we talked about Gordon, why, why did you like him as, as honorable mention here in your top five? Yeah, I mean, he's a really good player. Um, his We see this a couple times in, in the corner world. Remember we were talking about Kobe Bryant yesterday, that the the guy on the other side, both corners are going to get drafted from Washington, but he's the number two. Trent McDuffie's a better player, a mm-hmm. better prospect, will go earlier. And I don't mean to hold this against Gordon, but like he was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, and people thought he was going to be the combine star, and he was just okay. You know, I mean, does that mean he's a bad athlete? No. I mean, maybe he didn't have his best day, you know, but um, I expected that was the tiebreaker why he lost if he comes down. Yeah. So four, four, three, nine versus four, five, two for Kyler Gordon. And you know what happens sometimes you hear a lot about those with guys who are freak athletes in high school track and all this. And then they get to the combine. They don't run that fast. And I wonder if it's just because they're uh, training differently now, or they put on so much weight that they can't fly like they used to, you know, because they have a football body now instead of a track body. So I wonder if that was part of it. I, I am not a track expert by any means, but I heard two different sources say it looked like Gordon didn't really train for the test, you know, cause his starts weren't great. And mm. I don't hold that against dudes. You know, like I, I always bring it back to the Steelers. But I remember when Deontay Johnson got drafted, he sat down with us after he flew into Pittsburgh, and someone asked him, you know, you didn't run a great 40, but you look really fast on tape. He's like, I didn't really practice it. I thought that was dumb. I wanted to be a better football player. You know, like, (laughs) it's not smart to make the most amount of money, but I – don't hold that against a guy if that's true. If you don't know how you start, you I love know, that mindset. Like that. Not a good football or a good football decision. Not a great business decision. decision. <laughs> exactly. Well said. And you know yeah. it's funny. Uh, my guy Eric Crocker, who co-hosts Locked On Forty Nine ers with yeah, me, yeah. former cornerback, and uh, played at a small school in college, and and ended up going on to the Arena League. Then was in training camp with the New York Jets, and um, also does Locked On NFL Draft, by the way. And um, he. Coming out of college, he was at, at Arkansas Monticello, a really small school, and then went one year in the uh, Arena League and played really well, and then got some calls and, and got some invites to try out for some teams. And he went mm-hmm. to his first team. His agent called him up. He's like, hey, you got to go to this place and, and try out for this team. And so he got there, and they wanted him to run a 40, and he'd never trained a second for a 40. He didn't right, know what he was doing. He yeah, wasn't, right. you know, didn't put his hand on the ground. He just ran. It was like 4'7". He's like, oh, that's not going to be good enough, and didn't get signed. And his agent's like, right, go train for this 40-yard dash, and, and we'll give you another one. So then he goes, trains for a 40-yard dash for not that long, a few, a few days, basically, and then goes and, and runs a 40 for the New York Jets and ran a 4-5-3. And it was like, okay. like it, it, All it took was just, you know, here's some technique. Here's how you start. It didn't, he didn't have to do it for months and months. He just had to do it for a week or two, and, and he, he cut, you know, 0.20 off of his 40 time and then got signed by the Jets. I heard a baseball scout talking about this once where – I guess there's you would know this better than I do, but they time guys basically from home plate to home plate or whatever. You know, I mean, there's some different baseball timing uh, methods. And I heard a scout saying, 
a lot of those guys that don't score well just don't round the bases properly. You know, like th- to your point, like if some dude runs a four five five and looks like he has no idea what his start is, and the other guy runs a four four nine and is as clean of a player and track guy as you could get. The four five five guy is probably faster, <laughs> right? Yeah, and play yeah, speed. It's like how much quicker do you trigger, and and you're you're usually in motion already on the field too. So you mm-hmm. can really break down the forties into the 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 flying twenty they call it the final twenty when you actually really get your top speed, you know, and, and ten yard splits. So you can really separate those two. And it's like okay, this guy was better off the start. This guy better, you know, top speed. And some guys are yeah. still accelerating because forty yard dash is actually pretty short for for sprinting. Yeah, exactly. And that baseball scout that I was referring to was saying, so I watched these two guys and one dude didn't know how to round the bases well and didn't take, you know, he ended up taking a longer path to get from home Mm -hmm. to home as opposed to the dude that does it perfectly. And of course, that guy timed better, but I want the other one because I can teach him to do those things. Right. And he's faster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. That's okay. We've got one player so far. We got your number five <laughs> and, and your number six. Your number six and your number five cornerbacks in this draft. Let's get through four through one next with the cornerbacks and then your top five safeties in this class as well. Talking NFL draft today, where these players will be selected. You can find those draft props at betonline.net, your number one source for everything sports wagering and not just sports wagering at betonline. You can find scores and news as well at betonline.net. Net. So check it out on your desktop or your mobile device. You've got a little sports book in your pocket when you go to bet online. And speaking of draft props, cornerbacks over under four and a half getting selected in round one. How about Kyle Hamilton, the top universally thought of as the top safety in this class over under six and a half for what selection he will be taken at in the NFL draft. Not only draft props, you can find Super Bowl futures. Of course, the college basketball tournament is happening. Live betting, every other sport you can imagine, casino games as well, poker, blackjack, whatever you're into, go to betonline.net right now and find out what's going on with all of the action bet online where the game starts thanks everybody for making us your first listen every day don't forget to check out locked on nfl locked on experts covering all the latest news in the league in less than 30 minutes monday through friday and free and available on all of your favorite podcast apps just like this show is in every program here on the locked on podcast network all right matt we've got kair elam number five who's your number four cornerback in this class yeah, these ones I think are pretty easy. Is Andrew Booth from Clemson probably will be a first rounder. Press man coverage traits galore. Really good feet. Six foot, almost two hundred pounds. Long arms. Because he went to Clemson, though, he's he doesn't have a ton of experience. Really, only like a one year starter. But ninety five percent of the schools, I'm sure he'd have been playing a lot more before that. So. He's a little bit of a work in progress, but I'm sure defensive back coaches would love to get their hands on this guy. You see a lot of that at powerhouse programs, too, where just this big-time recruit comes in, and there's superstars ahead of him, so they have to wait a little bit. And and, um, Most other schools, this guy would have been a four-year starter and had all this time to work on everything. But at some of these schools, and that's why you see backups getting drafted in in the top 50 from Alabama all the time. It happens at Clemson, too. Trent McDuffie comes in at number three, the other Washington corner. My... 
thing. And as you wrote up here is his lack of length. And, you know, 5'11", mm-hmm. 193 doesn't look too bad. But he had really short arms as well. And I think some teams will peg him as a slot-only nickel-type corner, which might hurt his stock. So, you know, sort of a first-round player when you watch him play. But I wonder if he doesn't slip a little bit and maybe goes behind some of the longer corners. I'm sure times have changed and people should value slot corners more than they do. I still think that's even in free agency, those guys aren't getting paid or drafted as much as they deserve. And, you know, the year I spent with the Browns, you know, you'd have columns on our draft board, QB, RB, WR, and they were all in capital letters and we had capital CB. And then there was a a column next to it that were lowercase CB just for the slot guys. And that was 20 years ago. I would hope that they, Maybe some teams still do decipher it that way. And I'm not saying McDuffie can't play on the outside, but he's probably the best zone coverage player in this in this whole play in this whole draft class. Um, kind of reminds me of like a Tampa two, you know, Tony Dungy, um, Barber type of guy, you know, that plays near the line of scrimmage, tough as can be. Really good tackler, throws his body around, good athlete, just a little short, just a little short and not real long. Everybody's one and two in this draft class are Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati and Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. How did you rank the top two corners in this class? And what was the separator for you between these two? Some of it I'm just deferring to the experts on Stingley. Like Daniel Jeremiah put a mock out yesterday or this week. With Stingley falling to 20 to the Steelers, you know, I mean, as the the third corner taken behind McDuffie and Gardner, like, it it seems like him and Thibodeau are two guys that the league is a little unsure of because Stingley hasn't done anything really since the year that they won the national title with Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow has been in the league a long time, but (laughs) that year as a 19-year-old corner when he was as good as Burrow or Jefferson or Chase, I mean, I think there's a chance two or three years from now we're going to say Derek Stingley might be the best corner in the league. Yeah, and I've seen all those practice tapes of him you know, just really competing and getting after it with Jamar Chase. Yeah, in practice. And like, he's still got that ability, but he hasn't put that on tape as recently as Sauce Gardner did. And then Sauce Gardner shows up at the Combine, runs 4-4-1, has all this length. And so, yeah, I can see. (laughs) 6-3, yeah. So he has (laughs) everything you're looking for, long arms. And I'm not shocked at all that Sauce Gardner is gaining steam and you start to worry about the guys who are the ones that people have been putting penciling in their mocks forever, like Thibodeau and Stingley. And when you start to creep down the list, I wonder how far those guys will creep because I think it might shock some people if those things continue. And Stingley didn't run the combine, didn't put up any numbers there. You know, there's big yeah. injuries. So um, a lot working against Stingley, but he's got all the ability to be that, you know, true number one corner. Yeah. And we mentioned Dion earlier and I don't, I hate comparisons. Who's this running back remind you? Jim Brown, you know, right? Uh, I mean, but Stingley <laughs> has that mentality that he knows he's good. You know, I mean, he knows he's a shutdown guy. And I guess there was a lot of dysfunction in LSU this past year. And Stingley will uh, make some business decisions with his tackling, as Dion did at times, too. And But you get him in the right situation. I mean, 
if if you gave Derek Stingley to Mike Tomlin, I mean, do you think he'd get something out of this? I mean, like he can't <laughs> right. ball twenty. Yeah, you got to make sure he's wired correctly because the ability is obviously there, and we'll find yeah. out on April sixth. That is LSU's pro day, and maybe he'll get his stock rolling back up in the other direction if he's able to work out there and throw down sometimes. I just wonder if the interviews didn't go great at the combine or something. Right. And that's and, why someone like DJ would have him fall. You know? uh, and I think some guys have unique personalities that some teams might like, others don't like. Or sometimes universally mm-hmm. you hear after the draft, oh, everybody hated this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, Thibodeau's yeah. getting some of that talk, too. Yeah. This is a unique personality. I'm not saying they're bad people. Or right. It's just, I don't really, uh, you know, tiebreakers don't go their favor. But and, and Gardner's a, lot, a star, too. I mean. Yeah. And a lot of times that's why, you know, they ask you those questions at the combine. Are, are, you, a do- are, you, are you a dog or a cat? Right? Yeah. And they want you to say you're a dog. They want you to be dumb and follow orders. Right? They don't want you to have your own, <laughs> your own mind like a cat and wander around and do your own thing. Right? Even though cats can, you know, take care of themselves better than dogs. Yeah. Right. But, but again, <laughs> this is no knock on Sauce Gardner. He's going to go really high. He's a prototypical press man coverage corner. I mean, we don't think we've talked much more about him. He's, he's going to go quick. How high is too high for uh, whoever Stingley mm. or Sauce that goes number one? Because I've seen him creep up as high as maybe number three overall to the Texans. Is that too high? Are you thinking um, hmm. late late tens? Because I'm just going to plant that in your head because I know you're working on a mock draft as well. Yeah. I mean, Jets at four, Giants at five. I think is in play. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Houston's crazy at three. I mean, you got to remember the Giants defensive coordinator now is Wink Martindale from the, the Ravens. And boy, I mean, is mm. he a Ravens type player for sure? I mean, all the press coverage and they've talked about trading Bradbury oh, too. Yeah, especially if they trade Bradbury, that need will be huge. And so it'll come down to, you know, and they just drafted an offensive tackle who's starting to play well now uh, yeah. just a couple of years ago. So, you know, tackle, edge, corner. Those will be the conversation there if they're not going to go quarterback. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, they may. When they when I heard the Bradbury news, I thought they might fall have fallen in love with Sauce, and they're just going to take him at five. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely see that. Safeties. The safety class is an interesting one, especially at the top. Kyle Hamilton. Some people think is the best prospect, regardless of position in this draft. Did not show up that well with his testing numbers at the combine so let's get mm-hmm. into the safety class in 2022 next brand new flavors of built bars all the time available at built.com the latest brownie batter puff are you kidding me built bar puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow low in calorie high in protein covered in 100 real chocolate what is not to like about a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but is good for you. Most built bars have only four grams of sugar with all those grams of protein. Low net carbs, low in calories, but they taste fantastic. Whether it's built bar puffs, some of the classic flavors of built bars, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, cherry barcia, raspberry, salted caramel, you can find something you like at built.com. Or if you're not sure, get a mixed box of built bars. And you can get 15% off while you are doing it with our promo code. Just go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It's a pretty strong safety class, Matt, in 2022, and I think there's a lot of different styles of safeties too, which makes it fun, and and maybe different teams will view these players differently for their defenses. Uh, We'll start at five and go all the way up, but there are any safeties that just missed your top five. 
Yeah, there are. There, there's. It is a good class. You're 100 percent right about that. And the more work I've done on it, the more I'm warming up to it. Um, there's two that just missed that are really good testers that look like they're going to be excellent safeties at the next level. And that's Brian Cook from Cincinnati. I mean, we just keep bringing these Cincinnati defensive backs up. And Nick Cross from Maryland, who really, really tested well. I think both those guys have a strong case to be in the top five. So they were just the, uh, they're the, the just missed for me. Your number five is one of the most interesting prospects in this draft for yeah. me and, and where he'll end up going and even what position he'll play. You know, what what letters do you put next to his name? You know, is he a corner? Is he a nickel? Is he a, a pure safety? Is he all of the above? And that's Jalen Petrie from Baylor. Yeah, and Baylor is well known going back to Matt Rule of they they recruit track athletes and turn them into football players. And Anyone that watched the Baylor, you know, guys at the Combine were flabbergasted. I mean, that <laughs> is showing up in a big way with testing. Petrie's kind of the opposite, though. I mean, we were talking off the air. I'm curious if Baylor at the pro day. They didn't yet. I don't know that he'll test great, but he's the leader of the defense. He, you know, people that like him compare him to the Honey Badger. You know, he maybe he's a slot. He's a blitzer. He makes plays in the backfield. He can, you know, affect the game at all three levels. So, but he's not huge and he's not a super athlete. 5'11", 198. He did not run at the combine. I think that'll be really big for him uh, to get that 40 time at a number where teams feel good about if they need to put him in the middle of the field deep and place a little free safety and to put him on. Uh, on wide receivers as a as a slot cornerback, yeah. he's not going to be an outside cornerback or anything like that. So, what what position is he? Is he a nickel? Is he a safety? Is he you know strong safety who can interchange at free safety? Then you can move him out and bring your third safety onto the field and then move him into the slot position like a Tyron Matthew. Then he becomes super valuable. He's a really good football player and potentially one of those guys that falls because you know height, weight, speed doesn't blow you away, but he's just a baller and has all the intangibles and all the you know instincts and everything that goes into it and uh, ends up being a better player than some guys that maybe look better height weight speed to go in front of them yeah i mean growing up they were, you were either a free safety or a strong safety and now i think there's really three if you're gonna put them in categories free strong and this type of guy you know the slot safety if you want to call them or you know the, uh, tyron matthews matthew is the really the best example of that those type of guys that are good near the line of scrimmage but they're smaller you know one through four are interesting because you have George's Lewis scene at number four for you. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the first corner that's selected because he was really good on that Georgia defense. I mean, Georgia's just just insanely stacked. And I don't know how many of those guys yeah, are going to go yeah. in the first round. He shows up the combine. He's got size. He's got length. Runs a 4-4 flat, you know, 36-and-a-half-inch vertical. So, athletically, it's all there. Tape, it's all there. So, he's a player I could see a team really liking and um, and potentially being someone that could play a little free safety, a little strong safety, and, you know, be someone that every team is like, I like this guy. Yes, and I, had a hard, I, I felt bad putting him at four because he's a really good prospect. Since I put him at four, and I don't know that I would change it, uh, there's two things I want to mention with him. I mean, he's more of a... Strong than free, but I think he could do both, to your point. He's long. He, I mean, he kind of hits like an old-school safety, too, where, you know, the, the, you know, the crowd ch you know, changes the momentum of the mm -hmm. game type of guy with some of his hits. But as we talked about with the Georgia linebackers last year, and he's an in-the-box player a lot for Georgia, his life was pretty easy. You know, I mean, they, there wasn't a lot of big bodies getting to him at the second level. He got the run and hit, kind of like a Nakobe Dean. 
But the other thing I've heard since I wrote this little thing for the Steelers is Scene supposedly had rare interviews. And, and I'm not even talking about his leadership and whatnot, which is supposedly off the charts. But his football IQ, his ability on the boards, many different people reported that this guy's head for the game is an A+. And that's exactly what you need in the middle of the field with those players, yeah. linebacker, yep, um, yep. safety. And that's the separator in the NFL. A lot of athletes out there who can process that information the fastest, who who can you count on right in the middle of that defense to to know what the heck is going on. And, and so much more is being putting on, put on there. It's weird because safeties, I feel like, need to be more valued in the NFL now, and, and they're not paid like other positions. But some of those numbers are starting to creep up a little bit for safeties. But there's so many good safeties that it's not – that much of a rare commodity you know there's not enough scarcity to really push the values up super high for safeties like there are for corners and there's really only two on the field usually at any one time um and and one of those is sort of a box guy a, a lot of times but that's starting to change so uh it's really hard to figure out how valuable safeties are in the league and how that value is changing because there seems to be a lot of good safeties too which sort of keeps that value down and and even though i feel like the safety value should be kind of exploding in the NFL. Yeah, I agreed. And everything you said there, I 100% agree with, and especially a safety that can play man coverage against Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, you know, like these receiving tight ends and backs. If I'm not saying you're going to shut them down like Dion, but if you can hold your own in man coverage against those guys, to me, that has immense value. Is Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State, 6'1", 199, is he one of those guys that you feel good about matching up against backs, tight ends, and even receivers in the slot? Somewhat, but I think he's a little bit more. I think he'd have been valued more 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a little better coming downhill. He makes a ton of plays in the backfield. He's a pretty traditional strong player. he had a really bad shoulder all year that he played through. And if you look at him through that light, because he misses some tackles and really favors that shoulder. And if you think about you know what he could have been like with the, without the shoulder issue and healthy, he's pretty exciting. He brings a lot of energy to the defense. I was really torn between Brisker and Seen, and it wouldn't shock me at all who goes ahead of the other. Your number two safety in this class is someone who's not gotten talked about a lot despite having a, a monster yeah, combine, combine and running, you know, I think it was high four threes, maybe four four flat, something like that. Uh, Dax four, three, Hill, yeah. four three eight, yeah, Dax Hill, the safety out of Michigan. He's unique too, and I'm not sure every scheme will love him. You know, I kind of mentioned the Bills, you know, safeties. I mean, some have even looked at Hill like maybe he's an outside corner because he's ridiculous. Re- ridiculously explosive, athletic, smooth, a long, lean safety. I mean, 191 pounds. Uh, You don't want him playing near the box a bunch and taking on blocking tight ends and things like that. But he has this as rare athleticism that I thought that separated him a little bit. Kyle Hamilton, everyone's number one safety for the most part. Um, has, has he started to slip? Is he truly that that rare, this is the best prospect in the entire draft sort of a player? And how high do you draft a guy who's 6'4", 220? And you watch him on tape, he's got insane range. But then kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say faltered. It wasn't necessarily terrible. But when you when you look at it through the lens of 
maybe this was the fastest track we've ever seen at the combine and some of the crazy uh, times we saw. And if you want to add, you know, 0.05 to a lot of the 40 times out there, we're talking about the 4.6 range for for Kyle Hamilton, who ran a 4.59 officially at the Combine, which is one of the slowest of this safety class. You know, 38-inch vertical, it's clear that he's athletic, but does that put a little bit of a question mark into the minds of teams that might have wanted to draft him in the top 10, maybe even the top 5? I think it has to, you know, just because he has a red flag that he's a safety. You know, if I'm going to use a top 5 pick, a top 10 pick, it's going to be a tackle, an edge rusher, a quarterback. We know those, those things. Uh, taking a safety, yeah, I really think you have to be a Sean Taylor-like prospect. I just think Hamilton is. You know, like you kind of raised two different questions, though. I think Hamilton is the best prospect in this draft. He didn't test well. I mean, frankly, he tested kind of poorly, you know, considering the competition. He's bigger than most of the other safeties. But I think you just have to go back to the tape and be like, are you worried about speed with this guy? No. I mean, in the deep middle, he he gets to the sidelines and picks off balls with, you know, huge strides and long limbs. He can really do it all. I mean, I think he can play man coverage against Travis Kelsey. He can blitz. You know, he can play deep high by himself. You know, that's a, a shortage right now in the league. So if I were ranking, if I were doing a top 50 board, he would be number one. But it's a totally different question of where do you think he gets picked? Because I'm not so certain that he's going to go as high as we think. You know, like, could he fall to the Jets at 10 or Washington at 11? I mean, I mean, I think I, he could fall. I don't know. I think he could fall farther than that because is he? Yeah, is maybe. he a cleaner prospect than Derwin James, who we saw fall all the way Derwin to James, what seventeen yeah. overall, 16 and, or 17, and a lot yeah. of people thought he was the best player in that draft. And once he got to the point where he was outside of the top ten, it's like, oh, this team's going to take Derwin James, the best player on the board. Well, this team's going to take Derwin James, the best player on the board. You know, and it's like, but wow, he fell all the way to the Chargers at seventeen. That's crazy. So, uh, and he. And he was even more athletic, I think, maybe than, than Kyle Hamilton as far as just, you know, pure yeah. pure speed and, you know, being able to match up with, with players. Because one thing about Hamilton, he's so big, 6'4", 220, uh, he's not so much laterally, like, super quick. So you're not going to put him one-on-one against a, a jittery slot guy, even though he could do that and put his hands on him. I love him in center field because of his, you'd think 6'4", oh, that's a strong safety. I actually like him in center mm-hmm. field because of that crazy yeah, range yeah. he has with those long strides. He can really race all the way to the sideline. Glad you brought up Darwin because I remember saying I thought he was the best defensive player in that draft, and I did some write-ups for whoever I was writing for at the time saying this is the best pick in the whole draft. The thing that's a little different about the two is what kind of what you said, is I don't know that I want Derwin deep middle by himself as much as I do Hamilton, but I think Derwin's better near the line of scrimmage, taking on blocks, physicality. But they're both elite, elite prospects that can do everything and don't look like anyone else on the football field at their heights and the way they move. And I think the the box thing might have hurt Derwin a little bit. I also think there was a knee or something. Yeah, there but, was. You know, yeah, and, and he's not been super durable. You know, I mean, sometimes these doctors know a thing or two. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and Mika Fitzpatrick was another one, right? Where, where did he end up going? In the teens somewhere as well, right? I think 11 in that name. A lot of people were saying have this. Been nine. A lot of people are saying that. No, I think it was definitely outside of the top 10. Okay. I think it was 11. So I think you got to go back to Jamal Adams and. Yeah, but he can't yeah, cover anyone. Right. But he was a, you know, it was, but he was and, a high pick. And the league has changed a little bit, but he was top 10, you know, six overall. Um, 
but culture changing type of a, a player, I think, was part of it with with um, with Adams with yeah. Adams as well. So Tough guy, blitzer, yeah. You know? I don't know, man. I I just see see Sean that... Taylor's the comp I have. Oh wow, I mean that's going I mean, back. Yeah, and that you're talking that's... freak among freaks too. Right, exactly. But he threw down at the combine, so I think that'll. I think it's enough for teams to pause and say, "Wait, four, five, nine. Are we going to draft a, a safety that runs four six in the top ten? And I think most yeah. of those teams are going to end up saying no. If I had to put the over under, I'll probably pick the over on wherever it is because I think it's going to be too high. I, to be honest, I think the earliest I see him going is probably ten to the Jets, and I think most people don't wow. see it that way. But that's the way I'm looking at it. just because his position. We've seen Minka, we've seen Derwin James, we've seen guys fall at that position. And the workouts on top of it, I think some teams are just going to say, okay, you know what, let's, let's, it's a safety, let's, let's wait on this and go with a, a tackle. And there's enough good tackles, there's enough good edge rushers in this class, you know, probably a quarterback gets in there, that I think he will fall out of the top ten. I'm sitting here looking at the draft order going, what's his floor? What's the latest he could go? I'm going to go Houston at 13 with the Browns pick. Like, I don't know. I mean, they need everything. They will already have drafted somebody. How could they pass on him? Uh, Minka went 13th overall, by the way. 13, okay. Yeah. I, Texans, I like that. Yeah, T- 10 to 13 range. 10 to 13. Wow. I think that might be the sweet spot for, for Kyle Hampton. And again, There I was a time I thought he might be a lion at two. <laughs> right. Number one overall. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting class of safeties. Different sizes and shapes for whatever your team needs if you loved it, did not like Matt's rankings on any certain prospects, or have some that you think should be in the, the top fives, hit us up at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen every day for your second listen. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the network, Locked On NFL Draft. Matt is doing Boy, I got a little on... something for you. I'm sorry. Oh. I just interrupted your whole spiel there. Oh, that's okay. Notre Dame's Pro Day is today. It's probably going on as we record. Oh. So wonder what Hamilton does, if he chooses to run or, you know, just want to double check that before we went off the air, but it is March 25th is Notre Dame's pro day. So maybe we'll have a different opinion on Hamilton tomorrow. I wonder what time they're going to run. Let me see if he's actually just thrown down a 40. Here we go. Four minutes wow. ago from Tony Pauline. I'm told 40 times for Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame pro day range between four, five, six and four, six, two. Wow. That's what he is. Yep. He's a four, six guy. He's a 4-6 guy. Okay. Wow. Glad we could throw that in there. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so he solidified that time he ran at the combine. It didn't get super worse, which I guess is good, you know? Right. But I don't know what Notre Dame's track is known for, you know, but I know the Indy one is fast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, there we go. We Matt and I will be back Monday. Mock draft Monday, right, Matt? Yeah, I'm All working right. on one for Steelers.com. So I've, I've been I'll working on one, too. Maybe we, maybe we need to have a podcast of dueling mock drafts. I like it. That I would like be it. fun. All right. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.